Welcome into the Focused on Fenway podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Sit back and relax as I update you on everything going on in the world of Red Sox baseball from Boston and beyond. Please be sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome into another episode of Focused on Fenway. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. I cover the Red Sox for the Occupied Report. I study journalism at Auburn University, where I also serve as the co-sports director for its student-run radio station, Weagle 91.1 FM. Things are looking bleak for the Red Sox right now, but they are not quite as bad as they were the last time we spoke. Tonight, we will go over the series the Red Sox split with the Guardians this week, and we will preview the Brewer series that starts tonight. And we will close out the show with some possible moves the Red Sox can make before the trade deadline on Tuesday. Game 1 against Cleveland, um, Boston won it 3-1. Nick Pavetta started for the Red Sox. He went to 5.2 innings, allowed 7 hits, gave up 1 run, walked 3, and struck out 6. Zach Plezak started for the Guardians. He went 5 innings, allowed 3 hits, gave up 3 runs, walked 3, and struck out 4. He would be stuck with the loss for the Guardians, though. John Screeber came in the pitch after Pavetta. He went for 1.1 innings, allowing one hit, no runs, no walks, and struck out two. He ended up with the win for the Sox. Garrett Whitlock pitched the last two innings for Boston. He gave up no hits or runs or walks and um, recorded two strikeouts. This effort earned him his second save of the season. Yolmer Sanchez got scoring started for Boston in the bottom of the third inning as he hit a single to left that ended up scoring Jackie Bradley Jr. He did end up getting thrown out um, at second base, however, trying to stretch it, which was not a very smart idea. Jose Ramirez reached on an infield single that scored Miles Straw in the top of the fifth inning to tie the game for Cleveland. Boston had a big sixth inning as Rob Refsnyder scored on a double by Alex Verdugo. And then Alex Verdugo scored on a single from Christian Vasquez to put Boston up 3-1, which ended up being the final score. There were only two players with multi-hit, multiple hits, and it was Jose Ramirez and Miles Straw, both of the Guardians. So game two, um, Cleveland wins 8-3. Josh Winkowski started for Boston. He went three innings, gave up six hits, five runs, and one walk. Also striking out one, he took the loss for the Sox. Brian Shaw got to start for Cleveland. He went 2.1 innings, allowing three hits, two runs, one walk, and he struck out two. Kirk McCarty ended up getting the win for Cleveland as he went four innings, allowed one hit, no runs, one walk, and struck out four. Um, The Guardians pretty much occupied the driver's seat the whole way in this one. Owen Miller singled in the top of the first to score Jose Ramirez. Austin Hedges homered to left center and homered to um, left in the second inning. Nolan Jones hit a three-run bomb in the third, which also scored Josh Naylor and Andres Jimenez. That added up to a 5-0 Boston, or excuse me, 5-0 Guardians lead. Uh, Boston showed some life in the bottom of the third inning as Xander Bogart singled to left to score Jalen Davis, Christian Vasquez, or excuse me, to score um, Jalen Davis, and Christian Vasquez singled to left to score Alex Verdugo, making the score 5-2 Cleveland. Josh Naylor hit into a fielder's choice in the top of the fifth inning. This play caused a uh, throwing error by Yolmer Sanchez, which ended up scoring Ahmed Rosario and Miles Straw. Ahmed Rosario hit a single in the top of the eighth inning that scored Stephen Kwan. 
and Rosario was able to advance to second on the play, but he didn't end up getting driven in, which was good. Kevin Pawecki doubled the left center in the bottom of the eighth inning to score Xander Bogarts for the final run of the game. Xander Bogarts had a three-hit night, and it would have been nice to see some life for the rest of the Red Sox lineup. Stephen Kwan had a three-hit night, and both Ahmed Rosario and Josh Naylor had two-hit nights for the Guardians. In Game 3, Cleveland won 7-6. Nathan Uvalde took the mound for Boston. He went six innings, allowed nine hits, four runs, no walks, and struck out one. Cal Quantrill started the game for Cleveland. He went 5.1 innings, giving up eight hits, five runs, two walks, and struck out four. Eniel De Los Santos, which is one of my favorite names in baseball, ended up with the win for Cleveland. He pitched 1.1 innings, allowing one hit, no runs, no walks, and striking out one. Tanner Hawk ended up with the loss for Boston after allowing one run off of one hit in his one inning of work. Emmanuel Classe of the Guardians picked up his 21st save of the season. Um, Nolan Jones grounded into a fielder's choice in the top of the second inning. A throwing error by Red Sox first baseman Franchi Cordero allowed Framel Reyes to score. That ended up being a big inning for the Guardians as Owen Miller scored on an Austin Hedges ground out and Miles Straw doubled the deep center to score Nolan Jones. Bobby Dahlbeck answered back in the bottom half of that inning as he had a two-run homer to left that also brought in Franchi Cordero. The Guardians added on two more in the top of the fourth as Nolan Jones scored on a double by Stephen Kwan, and Austin Hedges scored on a single from Ahmed Rosario. Once again, Boston answered in the bottom half of that inning as Franchi Cordero hit a double to left that allowed Christian Vasquez to score. Due to a fielding error by Guardians left fielder Stephen Kwan, Bobby Dahlbeck hit a sack fly to right to score Franchi Cordero. In the bottom of the sixth inning, Bobby Dahlbeck kept his monster game going with a two-run bomb that also brought in Franchi Cordero and put the Sox up 6-5. Miles Straw answered back for the Guardians as he hit a double to deep right center that scored Nolan Jones and tied the game. Josh Naylor hit a go-ahead homer to left field in the top of the ninth to put Cleveland up 7-6 and Boston was unable to answer. Alex Verdugo, Christian Vasquez, and Bobby Dahlbeck all had two hit games for the Sox. Nolan Jones had a three hit game for the Guardians and Ahmed Rosario, Framo Reyes, and Miles Straw all had two hit games. So in the series finale against the Guardians, Boston was able to take the win 4-2 to even out the series. Cutter Crawford got the start for Boston. He went 5.2 innings, gave up three hits, one run, no walks, and struck out two. Tristan McKenzie started the series finale for Cleveland. He went for seven innings, gave up six hits, four runs, and one walk, and struck out six. He would end up with a loss. Jake Diekman picked up the win for Boston with 1.1 innings pitched, no hits, runs, or walks, and two strikeouts. Garrett Whitlock pitched two innings, giving up two hits, one run, one walk, and striking out one to earn a save. Jose Ramirez got the scoring started in this one as he hit a solo homer to right in the top of the fourth inning. Xander Bogarts put Boston up 3-1 in the bottom of the sixth inning as he hit a homer to center that also brought in Jaron Duran and Alex Verdugo. Bobby Dahlbeck extended the lead to three as he singled to deep left center to score Franchi Cordero in the bottom of the seventh inning. And Stephen Kwan grounded into a double play in the top of the eighth that ended up scoring Luke Maley. And that was all the scoring. Alex Verdugo was the only Red Sox with a two-hit game. And Josh Naylor was the only Guardian with a two-hit game. So some serious takeaways. 
I feel like it definitely could have gone worse. Um, splitting is not the end of the world. And I really like the setup of Garrett Whitlock pitching the 8th and ninth innings. It, it worked well in both wins, which were close games. And that is going to wrap it up for the Guardians talk. After this quick break, we will preview this weekend's series against the NL Central's Milwaukee Brewers. Are you a fan of mixed martial arts? If so, I have a place for you. Brawl Talk MMA is one of the best places to go for interviews with fighters, fight predictions, recaps, and so much more. Brawl Talk MMA is run by my good friend, Will Miller, and let me tell you, he is one of the best in the business. You can follow Brawl Talk on Instagram at Brawl Talk MMA and subscribe on YouTube. Let Will know I sent you. So, after the Guardian series, the Red Sox have a record of 50-50. and 50. They are currently 5th in the AL East, which is the only division where the last place team has a 500 record. The Red Sox would be in 3rd place in any other division except for the NL East, which they would be in 4th in. Luckily, Boston is only half a game back from the 4th place Baltimore Orioles and 3.5 games back from the 3rd place Tampa Bay Rays. They are also 3.5 games back from the 3rd wildcard spot, so definitely not all hope is gone. But they need a good weekend which brings us into our preview of this series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Boston is currently without Rafael Devers and Christian Arroyo, among a plethora of other injuries that have been um, an issue for a while. And Milwaukee is missing Tyler Black and Jace Peterson. So for Game 1 against the Brewers, this one is currently underway. As of now, Milwaukee holds a 1-0 lead in the bottom of the 6th inning. Austin Davis started for Boston. He went 2.1 innings, giving up one hit. No runs, no walks, and four strikeouts. Brian Woodruff started for the Brewers and is still going. My intent was for this podcast to come out earlier this afternoon, but I had a busy day today. It got kind of pushed down on the priority list and didn't come out until now, so I apologize about that, but it is what it is. So moving into Game 2 against the Brewers, Nick Pavetta is starting Game 1 for Boston. He is 8-7 and seven on the year with a 4.35 ERA, a 1.28 whip. Um, 113.2 innings pitched, 110 strikeouts, and 42 walks. Eric Lauer is on the mound for the Brew Crew in Game 2. He is 6-3 on the year with a 3.84 ERA, a 1.20 whip, 100.2 innings pitched, and 103 strikeouts, and 34 walks. This is a tough matchup. Um, I'm still confident in Pavetta, even though he's been shaky recently. I think he's going to get it going in this one at home against the Brewers. And for Game 3, Josh Winkowski is starting for Boston. He is 3-5 on the year with a 5.18 ERA, a 1.50 whip, 40 innings pitched, 27 strikeouts, and 14 walks. Aaron Ashby is on the mound for Milwaukee in this series finale on Sunday. He is 2-8 on the year with a 4.38 ERA, a 1.43 whip, 76 innings pitched, 92 strikeouts, and 33 walks. I know Jay Wynn has definitely been shaky recently, but as shaky as he has been, Aaron Ashby has been shakier, so I am confident that Jay Wynn can get the job done, and hopefully this series goes well. Boston really does not need another slip-up, and with that, we're going to take another quick break, then we will get into some moves that the Red Sox can and probably should make before Tuesday. Heading to a game at Fenway? Be sure to stop outside of Gate C and pick up a copy of the Way Report. There are plenty of great articles, some written by your favorite podcast host, Daniel Locke, and so much more. You don't want to miss out on the best Red Sox program in town. 
So to finish up today, we are going to quickly discuss some moves that the Red Sox can make before the trade deadline on Tuesday. Um, first things first, earlier today, Red Sox chief baseball officer, um, really also kind of just GM, but that's his fancy title, uh, Kyan Bloom, said that he is not planning to move Rafael Devers or Xander Bogarts. As a big fan of both those guys, that makes me very relieved to know that those guys will probably at least finish out this year in Boston. Um, however, I don't think the same thing could be said for J.D. Martinez. He is in the last year of his contract, so the idea of him being sent off as a rental is not far-fetched. For those of you who do not know, a rental is when a player is on the last year of his contract, but um, at the trade deadline, his current team sends him to a different team who is in a push for a championship or even just to make the playoffs, so he can kind of, I don't know, put them over the hump a little bit, but they also don't have to commit to paying him long-term since those guys are normally pretty expensive. Um, J.D. Martinez has been really good since arriving in Boston, so and he's doing well this year in his contract year, so he will go for big money next year, uh, no doubt about it, and I feel like he will not be a Red Sox regardless next year, so, I mean, might as well get something for him now as opposed to just losing him altogether. Um, so the Mets are reportedly interested in trading for J.D. Martinez as well as Christian Vasquez. They haven't really floated many names that they're interested in moving. and Some names are being floated around for guys that the Red Sox should trade for. Some of these range from, you know, very probable, very likely, probably wouldn't be insanely hard to get, to... Two of the best players in baseball. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna list off the most common names I saw when I was kind of reading into this, and I'll let I'll let the listeners decide who is who. So we have Juan Soto, Shohei Otani, Luis Casillo, Frankie Montas, Chad Cool, and Gregory Soto. Obviously, two of those are very unlikely. The rest are pitchers. It would make a lot of sense for the Red Sox to try to beef up both the rotation and the bullpen. However, as awesome as it would be for Juan Soto or Sohei Otani to be a Red Sox, I just do not know what we have that we could use to get one of those guys. Well, I mean, Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez in a package could probably get Soto for sure. Maybe not, though. I don't know. Otani, I- I'm not sure. That one's tough. I don't think those guys are going to be Sox, though. The rest are very plausible. So that is going to do it for this episode of Focused on Fenway. Between now and the next time, go Sox. Thank you for listening to the Focused on Fenway podcast. I had a great time keeping you informed on everything going on with the Boston Red Sox. Please follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Have a great rest of your night, and I'll speak with you soon.